Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We started two sets of series of podcasts recently. We started one called Shields Up, where we look at how we can combat the devil's schemes. And recently we started one called Ask Pastor Todd, where I asked my church members to ask me some topics and questions that I could answer on the podcast. So we may go back and forth on these two podcast series for a little bit. And today we're going to go back to Shields Up. And the idea on Shields Up, once again, is we take the lesson we learned on Sunday and we look at it from the angle of how we can combat what the devil may throw at us based on how he'll deceive us and lie to us based on what we just learned. And So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the topic of worry or anxiety today. It's one of those really important topics. It's one of those topics that everyone struggles with to some degree. Yes, even pastors. Even pastors struggle with worry and anxiety from time to time. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to get it from this idea in 1 Peter 3, because Peter tells us in this chapter that we should live for good at all times, even in the face of evil. He says in verse 9, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And really, we spent our entire time thinking about how to do good at all times, even in the face of evil, because it's really what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to live differently upon this earth. He doesn't want us living like the world. He doesn't want us acting like the world, showing evil in the face of evil or embracing evil at all at any point in our lives. He wants us to always be seeking and striving to do good because That represents him to this world, and it also proves that we follow the Lord Jesus Christ because that's what Jesus did upon the earth. He always sought to do good to those around him. And so, as I thought about an angle that the devil may take in this one, how does he deceive us in this aspect? I thought about this. I don't know if you're like me, but I like this idea of having immediate feedback on things. Um, I often ask my wife for feedback on certain things that I'm thinking about in my mind. And really what I want her to do is I want her to chat with me and give me her immediate thoughts on something. It could be as something as simple as, uh, where do we eat? What restaurant do we go to? <laughs> what movie do we rent? Um, but I, I like to get immediate feedback. Another way I like to get immediate feedback is I use this old phone device that maybe you guys have heard of called a BlackBerry. The reason I like a BlackBerry is because it has a physical keyboard on it. I like when I'm typing on my phone that I can have that immediate feedback of feeling the keys, knowing that I'm pressing the right keys and and I can't leave BlackBerry very easily because of that reason. Because typing on glass just doesn't give me that feedback and I like having that feedback. I don't know if you're that way. But I think one of the ways the devil can trip us up with a passage like this is when we live for good and we don't embrace evil, really it, it has to demand a lot of trust, a lot of trust and a lot of security in our God. And when you trust in God, a lot of times you don't get that immediate feedback. You just look at the scripture, you understand what Christ is saying, and then you embrace the truth of that. The difference is with evil, it can give you an immediate feedback. And the idea I brought up on Sunday was this road rage mentality, where if someone shows evil to you, uh, and you, you show evil right back, you can let them know that that's not okay. You can let them know that you were wronged. You can you can seek out some um, immediate justice. And you can get that immediate feedback to know, okay, yes, they knew that what they did was wrong. And hopefully they don't do that again. And I feel good because I got it off my chest. And we love doing things like that. 
And again, when you trust the Lord, you don't get a lot of immediate feedback. You just have to trust that his system is working. You have to trust the process. And so I want to think about that today with this idea of worry and anxiety, because I think the idea about worry and anxiety is one of the reasons we struggle with it is because it gives us an immediate feedback. It gives us something to do. I think we all know worry and anxiety is something the Lord doesn't have for us. And I'm going to read four different passages here in a moment that sort of tell us that. But the idea with worry and anxiety is you feel like you're doing something. Another example of this is a few years ago, my son Levi was brought into the doctor for a normal checkup and they noticed some sort of sign, some sort of symptom that could have been meningitis. So we had to go immediately to the hospital and have an array of tests on our son Levi to see if he had meningitis. And that was a really scary time for Janine and I uh, because we didn't expect it. And meningitis is a scary thing. And so I remember going to the hospital and while they were doing these tests, the process was really slow. You know, periodically a nurse would come in and take a test and tell us we got to wait before the other tests come in and and then they do another test and then we got to wait for that and the process was really long and i wasn't get, getting that immediate feedback that i told you that i like long story short we we got into the children's wing of this hospital and they were going to have to do sort of a scary test called a spinal tap to see if our son levi had meningitis but they had already done blood work and urine and a cat scan to look at his head and things like that and we didn't hear back from those tests so I wasn't getting that feedback that I wanted to see, you know, is, is Levi going to have to have this really scary test? Is there a chance he has meningitis? It was just a process of waiting and trusting the Lord. And I didn't do well in this circumstance. And that's why I said even pastors struggle with worry. I didn't do well in the circumstance because I got so frustrated, so anxious. I wanted some sort of feedback. I actually, you know, sort of in a rude fashion, went out to the desk it's sort of, you know, to the person sitting there, and this person really had no say-so over these test results, I sort of demanded from her some answers. I wanted feedback. I wanted to know. I didn't want to be in limbo any longer. And I felt like by doing that, in the moment, I was I was taking care of the situation. And that's really how the devil got me, is he made it seem like it was responsibility. But really what God had for me in that moment was I needed to trust. I needed to not be anxious. I needed to trust that God was in control of the situation. I want to now read four passages in a row that talk about this idea of worry and anxiety, and it's a really big issue. It comes up a lot in Scripture. But see, these are some of the classic ones when you think about worry and anxiety. And I'm going to first look at 1 Peter because that's the book we're looking at in our Sunday sermons. It says in chapter 5, in verse 6, Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And listen to what Peter's saying. He's saying, listen, trust the process. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Do what he's called you to do. Live good. Submit to your masters. Seek and strive to show righteousness upon this earth. And when you have anxieties and when you have things that come into your mind that scare you, take those anxieties and cast them on the Lord. And when you cast them upon the Lord, two things happen. They're no longer your burdens. They're no longer your anxieties. They're now something for the Lord to handle. And second of all, remember that he cares for you. The reason that you can cast your anxieties upon the Lord is because he's strong and in authority. And second of all, he cares about us tremendously. So when we take those anxieties and we cast them upon the Lord, they're removed from our shoulders. And now it's the Lord's problem. Now it's the Lord's thing to take care of. And that's a good thing to remember. 
that when we have anxieties and we want to worry and we want that immediate feedback to feel like we're doing something about the situation and have some sort of control, Peter says the opposite. Hand it over to the Lord. And yes, you may not get that immediate feedback. You may not get an immediate answer. The situation may not resolve itself immediately. But when you cast it upon the Lord, the anxiety will roll off of your shoulders and, and go up onto the Lord's shoulders. And then you should remember, I should remember that he cares for us. He cares for us to such a degree that he spent his son's blood. The Lord Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could have life. I mean, that's how much he cares. That's the length and the depth of his love for us. So take your situation, whatever that thing is today or this week, give it over to the Lord and watch him take care of it. Because he's strong, he's in authority, and he cares for you tremendously. Another passage is John 14. In this long discourse, Jesus says in verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. This is right where uh, Jesus is about to basically give his life over. And at the end of his life, he's going to resurrect from the grave. And after that, he's going to ascend back to heaven. But he says, before I ascend back to heaven, I'm not going to abandon you. He says in verse 27, peace I leave with you. And what he says is the verse right before this, he says he's going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit to us. He's not going to abandon us on this earth. The disciples were all worried when Jesus went back to heaven saying, Lord, you can't leave us. How can we live this life without you? You can't abandon us. And Jesus says, I'm not going to abandon you. On the contrary, it's going to be to your advantage that I leave because I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And instead of being next to you, I'm going to be inside of you. I'm going to be helping you from the inward, from your soul, from your heart, from your mind, more profoundly than I do now. And so he says in verse 27, peace, I leave with you. Yes, I physically am going back to heaven. You will no longer see me with your eyes and touch me with your hands, but I leave the Holy Spirit and I leave my peace with you. He says, a peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And he says, you don't need to be fearful. You don't need to go to all the what ifs because I'm going to be here. I'm still going to be here, just not tangibly. You're not going to be able to see me and touch me, but you will know that I'm with you because I will leave my peace with you. You will get a sense that I am with you. You will get a sense that I have not forsaken you, that I have not abandoned you, that I'm with you all the time, 24-7. I'm taking care of you. I'm giving you the peace of me, the peace of God. I'm leaving with my people. And I don't want you to be fearful because I'm with, I'm with you. I'm near you. I'm next to you. Whatever you go through, I go through. Whatever you're in, I'm in too. So if something is troubling your mind, I know it because I'm in your mind. If something is troubling your heart, I know it because I'm in your heart. So trust this. Don't fear. Don't get anxious. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit and I'm going to leave my peace with you. And please trust that I'm going to be with you. And that's another great reminder from the Lord that we don't have to worry. We can trust the process. Passage number three, which is another classic one on worry, comes from Philippians chapter four. This is the Apostle Paul this time. He says in verse four of chapter four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. In other words, the Lord is near. He says in verse six, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is a really cool one. This one really expounds on, on the things that we need to understand about worry and anxiety. He says, 
at the beginning, rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord. Remember who He is. Remember what He's done. Remember what He's capable of. Remember all that He's given you and rejoice as often as you can. He says again, and will say rejoice. He emphasizes it. And then He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone because the Lord is near. Show to this world that you are good. Prove to this world that you're of God. Live kindly and gently and with compassion because the Lord is near you. And then he says this in verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. That could be really big, something scary like meningitis. It could be really small. It could be anything you're dealing with this week that somewhat is troubling your heart. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. So that even includes the small and the big. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And there it is again, the peace of God. He says, trust the process. Whatever you're struggling with being anxious about, hand it over to the Lord. Pray. Bring your requests. Bring your supplications to God, but do it with rejoicing and do it with thanksgiving. Even proving to God in prayer that you're you're aware of who He is. You're aware of what, if, what He's capable of. You're aware of how much He loves you. Let your requests be made known to God. Pray. Cast these burdens, cast these anxieties upon the Lord. And He will give you His peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that comforting to know? That God's peace, the peace God has about his control over everything. God is never anxious. Think about that. Because he always knows he's in control. No situation is, is big enough. No situation takes him by surprise. He has perfect peace about it because he has perfect control about it. And that's where you and I often get tripped up. Is we don't feel the control. We don't have the control. So we try to seize control by worrying, by being anxious and getting frustrated. But he says, listen, I leave you my peace. I will give you my peace when you pray. When you cast these anxieties upon me, I will replace those anxieties with my peace so that you know that I'm in control, that you know that I care for you. And this peace is going to surpass your understanding. It's almost beyond explanation. But it'll be real, and it will be tangible. So this isn't intangible. God cannot be seen with our eyes and felt with our hands, but we do sense him. We sense him through his peace. We sense him through his love. We sense him through the truth that he gives to our soul. And this is one of those really wonderful passages. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you're worried, pray. If you're anxious, pray. And ask the Lord for peace and rejoice in who he is and rejoice in all that he's done for you and has promised to do for you. And you will find the peace of God. It's a promise from God. One more verse, one of the most classic ones on anxiety, comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. 
and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And there it is. How much can you actually improve your life by being anxious? It's not really that helpful. In fact, it's not helpful at all. You can't help the situation. You only make the situation worse. And you're not going to improve or extend your life by worrying. Verse 28, he says, Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, the unbelievers, seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. In verse 33, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus is saying the things that you often are worried about, we're often worried about, are the things that are pertaining to the body, things that are pertaining to our life here upon the earth. That's often what we're plagued and worried about. Uh, How will these bills get paid? How will I get over this this medical thing that I'm struggling with? How will my loved one make it out of this disease? How will I have food on the table to provide for my family? How will all of these things that we're worried about? And Jesus says you don't need to be worried about them because they pertain to life. And I have created life. I am the sustainer of life. Not only that, I care for birds. The birds that you never consider. The birds that you never think about. They don't go hungry. And the reason they don't go hungry is because the Heavenly Father feeds them. And then he says, you are of much more value than birds. If I'm so faithful to the birds in feeding them, I'm not going to forsake your needs either, child. And so he wants us to consider these things today, that we don't need to be worried, we don't need to be anxious. And going back to the passage of 1 Peter 3, he says to us, show good, do good, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, and a tender heart and a humble mind. Do good upon this earth. And when you do good, you're going to have to trust Because there are some people that aren't going to like you, and the devil will hate you, the world will hate you, you will get thrown a lot of things in this life that could make you anxious. But even what we just learned in Matthew 6, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If you simply seek after the will of the Lord, the Lord is going to take care of everything else. If you really want to do his will and really want to be good upon this earth, God is going to provide. He's going to take care of you. He's not going to abandon you. He will give you his presence. He will give you his peace. He will remind you of his love for you. And he will remind you of his power and authority. That he's in control of all things. And we don't have to be worried and anxious. And I speak to myself today. My wife is nine months pregnant. And my wife has always had these bumpy labor and deliveries. They've, they've been an adventure to say the least. And it's this time, this time, around nine months pregnant, where I start to get pretty anxious, wondering, how's it going to go this time? But the Lord is speaking to my soul today to say, Todd, I'm in control. I love you. I have all authority in heaven and on earth to take care of the situation. Trust me. Don't worry about getting the immediate feedback that worry and anxiety promise you, that when you worry, you feel like you're doing something. But all you're doing is causing the situation to be that much worse. That's not how God wants us to act. He wants us to pray with thanksgiving and rejoicing. 
and he wants to replace that anxiety with peace. So what is it that you're troubled about today or this week? What is it that is plaguing your mind and your heart? Hand it over to God. Give it to God in prayer. Give it to God in thanksgiving. Thank the Lord and rejoice in the Lord for who he is, all that he's done in your life. I mean, honestly, count your blessings. Put down on paper everything God has done for you in the last five years or a year or whatever. And then consider the list. And then take that list to God and thank him for it. And that will also do something great for our soul. We will stop worrying. We will consider all that God has brought us through and all that he's able to bring us through again. And then maybe, hopefully, Lord willing, the goal will be this. We can roll up our sleeves and get to kingdom work. Because that is what God has called us to. He has not called us to take care of the body. He has not called us to be anxious and be worried and be troubled about all things. He has called us to do his will. And when he says, do my will, he promises us boldly and confidently, I will take care of everything you need. So do my will, strive after my will, strive to be good child upon this earth and trust the process that I'm there, I'm with you, I'm next to you, I'm in you, I love you, I'm in control. I haven't abandoned you and I'm not going to abandon you and everything that you have that is causing you anxious, give it over to me. Give it over to me and I will take care of it. And that's a great reminder today. I hope that is a great reminder for you today to get after seeking and striving after the will of God and advancing the kingdom of God and being good upon this earth, as Peter taught us in 1 Peter chapter 3, and watch God take care of you. I hope this is a blessing to your soul. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.